Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It is the 26th of January 2024, podcast number 90, and the topic of today's podcast is going to be megapixels and what is your output. But just before I come to the topic of the day, I want to just uh, wrap up my Snowy Owl workshop, which I finished uh, earlier today here in uh, Canada. And uh, just want to take a few moments and talk about how that went. So those of you, some of you may not be aware, but uh, this year has been a very, very bad year for snowy owls here in Ontario and Canada. The owls that normally arrive uh, more or less en masse uh, with, with the onset of winter here have simply not come this year. And there are a number of reasons for that. The most, uh, I guess the most accepted theory for that is that there has been a, a bad breeding year last year. Uh, many of the owls failed to breed, uh, to breed. And on top of that, there is the avian bird flu that's currently rampaging around the world as well. So those two things, I think in combination with the fact that the climate is very screwed up here at the moment, winter has been extremely late. We've had wild temperature swings from minus 25 to sort of plus three degrees, plus four degrees even. Everything from freezing rain, uh, having, having to chip uh, half an inch of ice off the car yesterday, to snow, to blue skies, the climate's just all over the place. So I think all those three things combined probably contribute to the lack of owls this year. Now, having said all of that, we did actually find a snowy owl this year. Uh, it was one of the only ones, I believe, that's been found in uh, in the Ontario, Quebec region. And it was a young female. And we had uh, three or four great photography sessions with that uh, with that bird which was absolutely wonderful. Uh, and we did get it in some nice light, some overcast light, which is always fantastic because bright light in the snow uh, is very, very difficult to, to photograph the owls because the contrast ratio is so high. So it was really nice to have some good light uh, and some nice sessions with that, uh, with that wonderful snowy owl. We couldn't find any snowy owls in the Castleman area where we're normally based. So we actually had to drive into Ottawa uh, to another area where we were able to find uh, one of these owls. Now, thankfully, my local guide here, Mark, who I've been working with for a number of years now, has a lot of tipsters around the place and scouts, and he was able to locate this owl for us to photograph. But in addition to the snowy owl, as I said, we did have three uh, or four great sessions of photographing that bird. We also encountered three other owls on this trip. So we actually had four species of owl in total, which was fantastic. We had the barred owl. We also had a um, sowed owl and a uh, the last one we had was a screech owl the screech owl in particular i was really thrilled with because uh, it where because of its location uh, it was just sitting in a little uh, hollow in a tree sleeping and there was a wonderful opportunity there to photograph it while it slept and to make some images that show how well camouflaged this little owl actually is so that was a fantastic encounter too so overall the workshop was extremely good very positive uh, there were some very nice photographs that resulted. I did a critique session earlier this morning when we wrapped up the trip. It was actually pouring rain this morning on our last morning, so we bailed on the final shoot. Instead, we did a critique session, and uh, it was really nice to see uh, some of the participants' images from this trip and see just what had been produced over, over the week that we've been here photographing uh, photographing birds. So I enjoyed that very, very much. I'm now actually at uh, uh, Montreal Airport. I'm just waiting for my flight uh, to Oslo via Lisbon. So I will then be in Sweden for a week or so before I'm heading to Iceland for my Arctic Fox trip. Looking forward to that as well. I need to check in on that and just see what the situation is with snow at the moment, but, uh, looking forward to that very, very much. 
I did do most of the photography here in Canada with my 600mm f4. I ended up loaning out my 100 to 500 to one of the participants whose uh, rental lens didn't turn up. So he only had a 24-105. That's not enough for the hour. So I ended up loaning out my 100 to 500. So I didn't shoot with that lens. But it probably was the ideal lens to photograph with just because it's so easy to handhold for birds in flight, particularly it's a great lens. And f7.1 is fast enough for owls when you've got uh, bright light, you've got snow, the owl is white, the snow is white. Uh, and if you've got a little bit of light around, you can generally quite easily get your shutter speeds up, even if you have to increase ISO a little bit. Uh, and f7.1 is a great place to be shooting snowy owls. Even if the focus grabs the uh, doesn't grab the eye perfectly, usually you've got enough depth of field to make sure that the head of the owl is sharp. So I will have a full written report on the Snowy Owl Workshop. Uh, that will come in the next week or so. I've got uh, quite a lot of office work I need to catch up on as a result of been working in the workshop this week. So I will get to that and uh, I will post that up with some photographs on my blog. Uh, I will be running this trip again, not next year, 2025, but again in January of 2026. If you're interested in joining me for that, you can just drop me an email and I can send you some information about the Snowy Owl Workshop. Uh, and um, that will be in January of 2026. So let's come to the topic of the day, which is megapixels and output. Now, this this is a topic I have talked about before, but I want to go over it again because I was listening to a podcast by the American black and white photographer, Brooks Jensen, uh, about a week or so ago that he titled Megapixel Madness. And it just reminded me of how this topic is something that needs to be talked about more often because the vast majority of photographers that I run into uh, when I'm out traveling or who are traveling with me or who I meet when I'm traveling are far, far too fixated on megapixels. Uh, and in my opinion, uh, as a working professional who's been working as a pro photographer most of my life, megapixels are actually the least important aspect of a camera. And certainly they're not something I even really take into consideration when I'm purchasing a new camera. And why is that? Well, it's because I'm aware of what my output is. And I think that's the question that people need to ask themselves when they're looking to buy a new camera. What is your output going to be? And what do I mean by output? I mean, are you going to make prints? Are you going to the web? Are you going to make books? What is your output? Because it's output that ultimately determines how many megapixels you need to get a good result. Now, almost all photographers these days put their work online. Very, very few photographers actually make prints anymore. Yeah, I'm the exception. There are others, of course. But most photographers are simply putting their work online and a great many are only putting it onto social media. Now, if that's all you're doing, you don't need 45 megapixels. You don't even need 24. You need two, uh, maybe three at best if you want a little bit of cropping power. You certainly don't need 45, 50, 60, or 100, or 150, or more. This is just madness. Uh, this sort of resolution is just going to do nothing but create a storage headache and a processing headache for you. So if you're chasing megapixels, I think it's really important to just ask yourself, what is your output? And if you are making prints, how big are those prints going to be, generally speaking? I'm shooting at the moment with 24 megapixel cameras. I have over the last eight plus years, 12 plus years, been shooting with cameras between 12 and 20 megapixels. And it's always been enough for my output needs. And quite often, I am making quite large prints. And the reason for that is because when I do need to make a very, very large print, I can easily upscale the image because I have a nice clean file to begin with because I expose it correctly in the field. Uh, 
and I can go up to 40 by 60 or even 60 by 90 in some cases, depending on the image. But the great thing about shooting 24 megapixels is I don't have storage headaches and I don't have you know, a huge requirement for massively powerful computers to process these files. Now, particularly with modern cameras shooting 30, 40 frames a second or more, if you're shooting 45, 50, 60 megapixels at that kind of speed, you will very, very quickly fill up your hard drives and you will very, very quickly grind your processor to a halt as you try to render previews for them. And to what end? Again, what the question is, what is the output? Because I think that's the question you need to ask yourself. What am I going to do with my images most of the time. And if most of the time all you're doing is putting them on the web, sending them around in email, putting them on a website, social media, you certainly don't need a whole lot of high megapixel cameras. Now, I know there is a strong argument for cropping power and cropping power can be useful. So what I mean by that is if you're shooting an image at 45 megapixels, the bird or the animal is too far away, you can afford to throw away half the pixels to crop in on it uh, to be much more close up. And that is true in certain situations. However, you have to bear in mind that the more megapixels you have in your camera, the worse it's going to perform at a given ISO and the noisier that photograph's going to be. So when you blow it up, you're going to end up with a noisy image in any case. Uh, one of the things that has really attracted me over the years to cameras that are in that sort of 20 to 24 megapixel range is how well they perform at high ISO. And as a nature and wildlife photographer, that is particularly important to me because quite often I have to shoot at 3,200, 6,400 or even 12,000 uh, ISO or even potentially even higher than that. So I want to get as clean a file as I possibly can. And I certainly don't want to uh, have to deal with a very, very noisy file, which a higher megapixel camera would be. Now, if you are shooting, um, if you're a commercial photographer, for example, and your client is requiring you to shoot 100 megapixels, then I get it. There's a reason for that. Again, the output dictates the need. Uh, but if you're a nature photographer, a wildlife photographer, a landscape photographer, and you're not making giant prints, and I mean, when I say giant prints, I'm talking 60 by 90s and 40 by 60s, these kind of big sizes, you simply don't need 45, 50, 60 or more megapixels. You certainly don't need 100 or 150. Uh, with 24 megapixels, I can make beautiful 20 by 30 and 40 by 60 inch prints very, very easily. I can up-res the file with Topaz Gigapixel as required, which means I don't have to store a really, really big file uh, behind the scenes. I can just up-res it as I need to. So there's a, a really strong argument in my view that you should sit down and ask yourself, how many megapixels do you actually need and what is your output? And I don't want to sound like I'm preaching on this because I'm not. Ultimately, it's a personal decision for everybody to make. But I just think it's worth asking the question because I just don't get it. I don't understand why people are going out and spending tens of thousands of dollars on 100 megapixel cameras or $50,000 on 150 megapixel cameras when their output just doesn't require it. Uh, I think that's that's the key. And there is no argument about better color gradation in these cameras. The All bets are off when you start to twiddle the dials in post-production in any case. And if the file is well exposed, it's going to have good color rendition. So that's my feelings on this. I just think that megapixels are way overrated. I think they're the most unnecessary. That's perhaps that's not the right word. They are the least important aspect of purchasing a new camera and really... We should be sinking money, if we've got money to spare, into better glass than into a body that's got more megapixels. So as I said, this was a this sort of all came back to me because I had a, 
<laughs> I was listening to that podcast by Brooks Jensen, which he titled Megapixel Madness. Actually, it's worth looking up and having listened to his thoughts as well, which are very, very similar to my own, in that he also just doesn't get it why you would go out and spend all that money and buy a camera with that sort of megapixels if your output doesn't if you just simply don't need it for your output and not and almost all photographers don't because almost every photographer out there is putting their work online these days and no longer making prints i am the exception as i say i do make prints uh, and even so i still have a 24 megapixel camera and it's more than enough for what i need so that's my thoughts on megapixels on an output just ask that question of yourself when you're looking at a new camera what is your output needs how many megapixels do you really need and you might find that not only do you end up saving yourself a little bit of money You'll set, well, quite a bit, lot of money, not just in the camera, but also in storage and processing power. So that is, I think, <laughs> something that's worth considering. So I think that's it for today. We'll wrap it up. I've got to go and catch my flight now to Lisbon and then on to Oslo. So I will next be in Iceland, as I said, in a little over a week's time for my Arctic Fox workshop. But I will try and squeeze in a couple more podcasts uh, before then if I can. Until then, I'm Josh. It has been the 26th of January 2024. Actually, it's Australia Day in Australia today, the 26th of January. I look forward to seeing you out in the field. Take care.